United Soccer Coaches is proud to present the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. That's right, the NSCAA is now United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. We unite coaches at every level of the game around the passion of the game. Now, Here's our host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky. Delighted to be with you for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. And I know we all have World Cup fever. You've got to have it right now as we go down the stretch. But I'm telling you, if you can get away from the World Cup for just a moment and you appreciate the best soccer out there, the NWSL's North Carolina Courage. They played 16 games. They've won 12. They've tied three. They only lost one, and that was in the final seconds to the Utah Royals. They are crushing the opposition. They are built by Paul Riley. The team is spectacular. I'm telling you, I'm not overhyping it. They're amazing. Paul Riley, by way of Liverpool, England, came over to the States to go to college, started coaching youth with the Long Island Fury. He's developed some of the best women's players in the world, in fact, players that play in the NWSL, players that are on the U.S. national team. He was coaching men with the Long Island Rough Riders, got a chance to coach women, led the Philadelphia Independence of the WPS, led the Western New York Flash to the 2016 NWSL National Championship, did great things with Portland, and of course, the North Carolina Courage won the Shield last year as well. I mean, they're just amazing. Paul Riley, the way he breaks the game down and develops players It is spectacular. In my view, one of the best coaches, men or women, in the United States right now. He's so great. His team is so great. Great enough we only have one guest, Paul Riley, head coach of the first place North Carolina Courage of the NWSL after this message from our sponsor, Team Snap. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with Team Snap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to teamsnap.com slash united. Once again, here's Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. And as I said in the open, if you've been all consumed with the World Cup right now, going on over in Russia, that's understandable, but you also might be missing out on perhaps the greatest soccer story, definitely in the United States, maybe even beyond if you like dominance. The North Carolina Courage of the NWSL, they won the Shield last year. They played 16 games. They have 12 wins, three draws, and just one loss. They have outscored the opposition 35-14, to 14, outshot the opposition by even more startling numbers. They are simply put, in my opinion, the best women's professional soccer team in the world. They'll have a chance to even kind of prove that later on, albeit under some tough circumstances. We'll get into that as well. And the man leading the charge is, in my opinion, the next coach of the U.S. women's national team, if they ever need one. We're talking about the great Paul Riley, and Paul joins me now. Paul, how are you? 
Yeah, thanks very much, Dean. Well, that was a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading off the numbers. I'm just stating the facts, you know. I mean, and so they're right there. And, I mean, you can say it's a bit much. But, I mean, Paul, watching this team play, and I've been involved in soccer for a long, long time. I'm kind of an old fat guy now. I mean, it is just amazing. On the 4th of July, another four-goal performance. I think you've had four or five on the year, four to one against a team, the Chicago Red Stars, that had not lost in their last four games. And you could have scored more goals, Paul. I mean, everything's going right. Tell everybody about how special this team is, please. Yeah, I mean, I think the most important part probably of the entire picture is the, is the chemistry and the culture of the group. They've been, you know, we've built the team over the last three years, and each year they've improved incrementally. And, uh, you know, when we started out, there was nobody on the national team. Now we have seven on the full national team who have been called in. Um, you know, so I think it's a credit to the, to the league, really, and to, to the quality of the league that we've been able to grow and get better and improve. And you know, we've added a few players along the way, a few foreign players along the way, like Dabino and O'Sullivan. Uh, they've really helped, obviously. And, uh, but you know, the culture in the group is amazing. We come to train every day, the environment and what they put into the environment every day. It's just a really amazing group. And I think the most important thing, really, is seeing the growth. You know, Most of them are 10, 25, 26. We do have a couple of... Uh, older age players or vets as we call them uh, but we do you know we're mostly on the same group they came in the 2015 draft uh, which included Jalen Henkel Labby Dalcamper Keila Rowland uh, sorry uh, uh, Sabrina D'Angelo uh, Lynn Williams Sammy Mewis there's an awfully good draft that year and that's really what the team's been built on and uh, you know, we've had some good results recently, no question. We won in Portland 4-1. We won in uh, Orlando 3-0. We won in Orlando 4-3. Uh, you know, we won in Seattle 4-1. Uh, we just won at home against Chicago. So we've played some good teams. And, uh, you know, the good. I want these teams at full strength to make us better and to make us try and improve at what we do. And I think losing to Utah was good. It gave me a good kick in the rear end. And I think for the players, it was good too. Uh, so sometimes when you keep winning, you, you get a bit complacent and... You know, you don't cover every detail, and I think I take responsibility for the loss. And you know, since then, I've been getting a kick in the ass and doing a little bit more work and a little bit harder work to make sure that we're we're right and the game plan is right. And uh, if it's not the first game plan, it's down to the fifth game plan. You know, whatever we need to to help the players out. And but it's been just unbelievable, and the group is unbelievable. And I look forward to seeing them continue to grow as a young group. Uh, so I think we can still get better, and I still think it's a work in progress. And it took Kansas City a long time to become the team they became, and I mean it's going to take us a little bit longer yet to become what we want to become. I mean, you say that, but twelve, three, and one. I mean, to, you know, I guess the modern day sports fan, you think about the Golden State Warriors now with all those all stars, and you mentioned the seven national team players. Although I think this team is different; it can't be compared to the Golden State Warriors because you don't have those flashy superstars like the Splash Brothers and Kevin Durant, that whole thing. And then you think about the the New York Yankees that just you know buy these super teams. I mean, this team is different right you talked about the draft the chemistry the continuity and it's built on kind of the Paul Riley structure you broke that down at the last United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia again not enough people were able to be there to to see it Paul but kind of dive into that a little bit about how you approach building this team because it's fascinating and it's worth sharing I hope you agree yeah I mean I think you know obviously when we went into Western New York Somebody like Abby Erzig is a great example of a national team player. I was playing in Chicago, wasn't wasn't doing great in Chicago. Uh, you know, came into to Carolina and we we brought her along. You know, and we got Alina and Mina, and you know, we talked about nutrition with her. We talked about you know more professionalism with her, and and now she's a, a consummate professional. You know, and that's one story. We've got Kaylee Kurtz, who was a walk-on, 
who came on board and she's become a really good pro sitting alongside uh, Abby Erzig and learning from her. I think but it starts again when you when you start something off and if the coach is not right and you don't talk about resiliency and, and things like this and you don't preach it day in, day out and if you don't do the right thing day in, day out, then eventually the players say, yeah, no, he's just kidding us, you know, it's not really the way it should be. And, you know, we're not a, we're an even-if group, not a what-if group. So even if Chicago come with a back three or a back four or a back five, it doesn't matter to us, we'll find a way. Uh, so it's an even-if, not, oh, God, what-if. Chicago come with a back three so I think you know we, we do go a lot do a lot of tactical stuff for practice but I think more so than anything when we first took over the group was making it fun making it an environment where they wanted to go to work every day and they wanted to embrace what we were doing every day and, and then they kind of kicked it on from there you know got good leaders in the group the locker room is, is absolutely sensational as you probably know uh, they, they love being around each other um, I mean even in the, in the weather delay at the weekend you saw them doing that head thing that head juggling all the way down the locker room and they were screaming you know and the other they're going to have no energy left for the game but it's a type of team that they do have tons of energy and you know they bring it they're very consistent which I think is something that's developed over the last two years when we first started they weren't very consistent and you know you talk about those type of things with young players as well as all the players and you know what makes them tick or what makes them bring together Sullivan's another good story you know didn't play in Houston but I felt she would, would fit our culture and she was small you know she's 99 pound wet you know and uh, she was just a clever player with a great brain and tremendous energy and um, you know the will to win and the will to prepare and the will to, to run for 90 minutes or a high press team and hot conditions down here in Carolina so you know, it's not an easy feat so you know we're one of the fitter teams in the league I think and you know it's something we pride ourselves on and you know when the going gets tough you know and you're and you expected to get tough at some point and face adversity I think they're ready to do that you know they're ready to face it they're ready to grow from it and yeah it's been it's been some journey to be honest with you and seeing them develop even last year from the first year was incredible and to see these players and I think it's a it's a really compliment to the league that the seven players that were not on the national team uh, when this league started or when our team started you know and they came into the team and, and now they're on it you know and I think it's a, it's a credit to the league to be able to put the kind of quality out they do every week and there's a lot of good teams in the league and you know, even though we're, you know we've got a decent lead in the group, we don't talk about the playoffs. You know, we don't talk about goals. We don't set goals. I think that's the biggest issue for us. And well, not the biggest issue. The biggest thing that the surprise to people. We don't talk about championships, playoffs, goals. You know, um, it's really just about the mission and you know how do we accomplish the mission every day and each day, every day, and you know try to isolate days and isolate weeks and isolate uh, months and isolate each day. And you know, our tagline's no finish line. You know, if you want to be a top player, you can't just finish the season say I'm going to take two months off you know the day we finished last year when we lost in the final you know it wasn't it wasn't as disappointing for me because I felt really fulfilled compared to the previous year but it did it did let us say to ourselves alright there's no finish line here if we want to get better then we just keep on plugging away even in the off season and you know they do their own thing in the off season, but it's such a it's such a good group, and they did a lot of right things and came back. You know, Dabina's a better player than last year. Sullivan's a better player than last year, and I can go on and on about who's got better. You know, but it's, they put a lot of work in, and they continue to work. And I think that's the difference for us between maybe this and some other teams. Our coach is just the mindset of the group. It's a growth mindset, and 
they want to push themselves as far as they can. They want to get better. They want to improve. And you know, it's not they're not based on results, and they're not based on you know on, on getting a pat on the back and stuff like that. It's based on pure pure will and pure work. All right, so I am going to ask you to go on and on. Here's what I want you to do, because you did talk about Dabinia, you talked about O'Sullivan, you talked about Abby Ursig, but you also mentioned these seven players now getting sniffs with the U.S. national team, more than sniffs. Some of them are starters. Go ahead and name all seven and just give a little Paul Riley tidbit on how they made that leap. And, Paul, you deserve a ton of credit for helping them make that leap. But just talk about each one of them. And it doesn't have to be in any particular order, but whatever order they pop into mind, say their name real clearly and then tell us how they made that leap. Yeah, I mean, I think you can start with David Mateus at right back. She's just been called into the national team, and this was a player that was played sporadically in Seattle, you know, in and out the lineup, played up front, sometimes in the back. And, you know, when we lost Taylor Smith uh, in the trade to get Crystal Dunn to the club, well, we felt that Merritt would be a perfect fit. She played for me when she first came out of college. So, you know, she had all the tools that we thought would be important for the formation we play. As you know, we play a box 4-4-2. We're very narrow. And we needed somebody to get up and down with a great engine. And she fit the build, you know. And, and I felt that if she could get consistency in playing time, that maybe she could get a chance at the national team. And that's really what we talked about prior to her coming to the team. And, you know, it's worked out that way. And, again, another player who trains tremendously well, uh, you know, works tremendously hard and puts everything in she's got. And, and now she's been given a shot, you know. And uh, it's up to her to obviously take it with both hands. And they're looking for a fullback and attacking fullback. And we're working with her defensively to improve her defensive because she played up front and in the midfield most of her career. So, you know, set at 27, 28, a big step forward. And, you know, she seems to be doing really well so far. Uh, Abby Dalcamper, um, when I first came and I met Abby, I said, Abby, for me, you have to get stronger, you have to get leaner, you have to get tougher. If you're going to be a centre-back, you can't just be a playmaker playing at the back. Um, and that's something that we seriously discussed the first 18 months that we had her, you know. And she's become stronger, she's become leaner, she's become uh, more physical, she's become tougher. And, and when you add that, um, she's brilliant on the ball, great distribution, a great mind for the game. Then, you know, she's now, to me, her and Becky are the two best centre-backs in, in, in the country, you know. And they will play in the World Cup. That will be the partnership, I think, that will, will go into the World Cup. Uh, Jaylene Hinkle, who's been in and out of the national team, has uh, been the best left-back in the league this year by a country mile. And, and again, another player that when we came in was a bit erratic, uh, a bit inconsistent with her form, great left foot. But I think that's something she's put right. You know, she's had, I don't think she's played a bad game all season. You've seen a lot of our games, but I don't think she's played a bad game all season. Consistent, great left foot, uh, uh, unbelievable engine, can get up and down, uh, but uh, intelligent too and has improved defensively, which was another piece we talked to her about. You can't just be uh, a winger slash fullback. You need to be a fullback slash winger. You know, and that's what she's become. And again, in our formation, I think it helps both her and Merritt the way we play because they are, are, are released on the outside on both left and right. So that's uh, Jamie Hinkle. I think she'll she'll be getting another chance. And Sammy Mewis uh, has grown and grown and grown. National team pitcher, when we, when we first got the team, she was obviously on the outside looking in. Uh, but she's developed into a really, really good player, and I think is you know will be the will be the top midfielder for the U.S. team and can run the show and box to box midfielder. Maybe the first box to box, true box to box midfielder the U.S. have had since Shannon Box, and she has a lot of those those you know requirements in her. She can run with the ball. She can got great range of passing. She can score goals. She can head a ball. She can tackle. Um, so she can do a lot of things. And Sammy's just getting better in all categories. Uh, as she starts to, you know, develop her age, and you know she's 25, 26 now, so I think she's just maturing into a really good player. She asks a lot of questions, and I think that's what makes her really good. She's very inquisitive, and she wants to learn about the game, and 
I think that's what you want as a young player to do that. And some players don't do that. They think they know it all. But not Sammy. She wants to know. She wants to plan. And she wants to know how to get better. And, and usually she's uh, she's got great answers and great questions. Uh, Lynn Williams, um, you know, has really developed the league. Has developed Lynn Williams. Again, another player that was obviously not known very well went to Pepperdine. But she's another player. Super speed. Athleticism. Um scored goals with MVP two years ago uh, when we won the championship to be honest with you she's probably three times the player today than she was then uh, nobody knew about her back then but now they know about her so obviously more tightly marked now today but she's had to improve her game because it was based on speed before and now we're working with her technically to improve her, her finishing the inconsistencies of her finishing but she wraps and embraces it and wants to do it and does it every day and gets in front of goal every day and uh, I think you'll see her in the World Cup squad and I think you'll see her some damage whether it's from the start or whether it's coming off the bench but again another player to me that's got a, gr- a great future uh, with the club Crystal Dunn um, you know to me is MVP of the season so far for the NWSL had a great season another player came back from being abroad I think she wanted a little bit more uh, she lost a spot on the US team in the starting spot and I mean, I see her play every day, and she's got to be in the starting lineup. I don't care where you play it, but you've got to play somewhere. For us, she's playing up front, sometimes in the top of the box, in the tens. But Crystal has all the tools, you know, speed, uh, creativity, uh, good mindset, can finish, probably the best finisher in the squad, um, can take players on, can make her own chances, uh, can, you know, play people in, good pass through the ball, can deliver a cross. Uh, and again, got the physicality too in the tackle. So she brings a lot to the table. She's playing fullback for the national team, but it's definitely uh, another player that, that's world-class for me and will be in the World Cup team when the World Cup comes about. Uh, McCall's and Boney, who just got called in. McCall was um, a league warrior. You know, she's played in all three leagues. I think she's got the most professional games of any player uh, in the U.S. now. Um, this was a player that's just getting getting better and better, like a good red wine and you know, three years ago I had her in Portland and she's evolved as a player both tactically and technically and uh, she's, she takes care of herself more than when she was younger and she'll probably admit that and now she's become again another one who's a cut, con, con, consummate professional who's excellent with the younger players but great vision uh, picks off every ball and you've seen her she just picks off balls for fun you know great defensively uh, reads the game tremendously well and uh, a massive in our engine room her and Sam have just have been superb for us but I think McCall again has come on it's a late late bloomer uh, but still got I think three, two or three more big years in her and I think we'll, again we'll make the World Cup team and we'll make the Olympic team and uh, finish her career on the top she's been she's she's our soccer mum I guess but she's more than that she's a great leader and uh, she's great with the younger players and she's taught them how to be professionals whether it's massage or cryotherapy uh, whatever it might be and I think that's important for younger players to know every single facet not just what's going on on the field group that's yeah. in there right now and there's opportunities for other players I'm sure as they start to evolve as, as young players and I look forward to seeing some of them maybe giving a chance down the road Incredible. And now you've added Heather O'Reilly to that roster as well. She's retired from the USA, but, I mean, she's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, Heather's, Heather's a huge pickup for us at this point in the season. Everybody's getting better and healthier in the league. And, you know, you, you need something you needed something else. And we felt that this was a great opportunity to bring Heather home. And she wanted to come home, obviously. And, uh, you know, she lives here. And, uh, I mean, I've seen the train for two weeks now, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow, she really is good, man. And uh, Better than I thought she was, to be honest with you, even better. Uh, when you're up in person, you see her on a, on a daily. 
Uh, you know, she's got tremendous speed still at, at her older age, but her mind is better now than it used to be. Um, she's still very good technically. She can take players on. She can pass the ball. She wants the ball. She has no fear, and that's important in our culture at the club, you know, to, to play without fear, and she plays without fear. And she's been great in the locker room. She fits straight in, and, you know, she's given us depth. And, you know, don't bet against her not getting the starting lineup, and don't bet against her coming out of retirement for the national team you just never know with Heather because she's she can be that good I think in this league and um, you know if she gets in the, in, in the rare vein of form which I think she might um, you know it could be interesting to see her evolve again you know I love it one more follow up on one of the players you mentioned before we get into the International Champions Cup which I'm so excited about um, when we do got to put the disclaimer on it as far as maybe you're missing some players as well but back to McCarr Zerboni um, she had that token call up when the USA played in North Carolina and now she got you know called back in again and you said with confidence that you think she'll be on the team like what kind of discussions have you had or is it just like what you see with the eye that makes you feel that confident because she's my favorite player I feel like I can say that uh, I mean how confident are you of that statement that she'll make the World Cup and the Olympic team Paul? She's the best midfielder in the league I think in Afghani coach there's one player anywhere that anybody would want that would be the player everybody would take right now to plunk in their team with three months to go in the season uh, McCall would be the player for me you know, she's just outstanding and I think you know, coming to the last camp and when she played I think you'll realize how important she is to a team you know she's not just a good player but she brings so many different qualities and you know the US have been crying out for a for a six that can play you know and she's a six that can play she can get on the ball and she can run the show for you and she can still defend really well and I think that's what they've needed you know they haven't had it and I think this is the opportunity to get it and I think she can make everybody around her look better you know and I think that's what you need out of a six and uh, when I watch uh, Kante play and I said you know what McCall's very similar to Kante you know does a lot of leg work for everybody picks up a lot of balls starts attacks but can still spray the ball around and can still go forward you know and she's she scores goals still even from that deep area um, and she helps everybody and she talks and organizes so I can't imagine that a, a team anywhere in the world wouldn't want McCall's and Boney in the middle of the park for them so I would, I would bet my life on this one that she would be in the team come World Cup time we're talking with Paul Riley, the head coach of the NWSL's North Carolina Courage, first place by a country mile in the NWSL, and they will be featured in the first ever International Champions Cup in late July down in Miami. We'll have more with Paul, and we'll talk International Champions Cup when we come back. It's the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Okay, the North Carolina Courage, we already told you, 16 games, only one loss. For me, the story of soccer in the United States, make sure you're paying attention. They've been invited to represent the National Women's Soccer League in the first ever International Champions Cup Women's Tournament, which will take place at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, July 26 through 29. The Courage joined three of the top teams in the world, including five-time UEFA Champion League winner Lyon, Manchester City, and Paris Saint-Germain. That's going to be amazing in Miami. Now, go ahead and talk about the disclaimer, though, because I think you're going to be missing national team players, right? Like, So how's all that going to work, Paul? Yeah, I think we'll probably be missing at least six or seven. 
from the starting lineup, um, which obviously disappointing, you know, because you're coming across the best teams in the world. So it's a little bit disappointing, but they've got games, so I mean, that's okay. They're playing for the U.S. national team, and they'll be gone. Dabina will be gone. She'll be playing in the same tournament, tournament champions, so she'll be gone too. Uh, but you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll do the best we can against it, and we're really looking forward to it, obviously, because it's, you know, it's a great event and a great opportunity for us to play against these more tactical teams, maybe. Uh, everyone seems to think the European clubs are more tactical than we are, so uh, we'll get to see that firsthand, and they're in preseason season, you know, we're in obviously two-thirds of the way through our season, so we're in different parts of what we're doing, uh, but I think it'll be interesting to see how they play, what kind of players they've got, um, and we'll do the best we can, you know, obviously missing Crystal Dunn, Sammy Mewis, you know, Merritt Mateus, McCorson Boney, Lynn Williams, and the rest of them, it will not be easy to replace, but you know, we have good players, Heather O'Reilly obviously will be around, and um, Abby Erzig will be around, and uh, Sullivan will be with us, and then we have to fill in a lot of holes. Jess Mack will be with us. We'll have to fill in some holes and, and, and do the best we can. But I think for our younger players, it'll be a great opportunity for them to step up. There's some, some players that, that, are, that haven't played too much this year, and I think, you know, including Yuri, obviously the Japanese player who's coming off uh, an ACL injury, so she'll be fully ready to go. Kyra Carroll, who we just got from Houston, she'll be ready to go. Mary Speck, who's been great off the bench for us, she'll come in the lineup. Kristen Hamilton, who the national team have been eyeing too, who's, who's had a good season so far. I think this would be a, a, good, a good time for her to play a few games. So, yeah, I mean, it always opens up the eyes. And, you know, I like to see these other teams play and practice. And uh, I think for, for our players at that point in the season, it's nice to go somewhere and be taken care of. And, you know, there's a couple of men's big men's games that we're going to go watch too. And, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know the players are really excited. I think it's kept everybody going through the, through the hot days of June and July, you know, so we're looking forward to to get in there and enjoying it. We're here with Paul Riley, the head coach of the North Carolina Courage, your runaway leaders of the NWSL. For my money, the best professional coach in the United States, men or women. I said it, I meant it. Now, one of the things that uh, you do is you never hide from questions and talking tactics and that type of thing. Here's the deal. You even said it doesn't matter if Chicago goes three in the back, four in the back, five in the back. We do what we do. One of the things that you do, although you're not afraid to also change things up, but a staple of your team is this box in the middle. Two sixes, two tens with your outside backs running up and down the field it is simply amazing we got all these coaches listening to this show tell us about your decision to go with the box and why you do it yeah, I mean, it's a difficult formation to play against, um, you know, for the opponent to figure out the box, you know, and there's a lot of options in the box, you know, whether it's on the half spaces or it's in the wide spaces or the tucked in. We're pretty narrow box, so for us, depending on who plays in the box in the two tens, we will adjust, you know, whether we're playing inside on the interior or we play on the half spaces. And, and towards the exterior but most of the time with Dabina and Sullivan we play on the interior because they're both kind of legit tens you know when Crystal plays a little bit different she likes to drift wide so we let her drift wide uh, but there's a lot of options for those players in the two tens and, and, the, and really the critical piece is the fullbacks you know one of the fullbacks the, the release for the sixes the release for the two centre backs the release for the two tens uh, our forwards uh, are disconnected which is kind of unusual most people want the forwards connected but ours aren't our forwards are really connected into the tens and uh, we split our forwards up a lot and put them on, in isolation on the corners um, so they really work with the tens and the sixes and the fullbacks more than they work with each other which has been different for me you know I've always 
and I'm sure a lot of coaches are listening will, would say, oh, we always work our forwards together, but we actually separate our forwards and then they don't really work in, in tandem with each other, they work separately. But it allows Crystal to evolve a relationship with Jeff McDonald. It allows Dabina to evolve a relationship with uh, Lynn Williams uh, and also the six on that side and the fullback on that side. And we have a lot of vertical rotations in the, in the box. Uh, so they rotate vertically, six and ten. Uh, we have a lot of horizontal rotations where the tens rotate and the two sixes rotate. Um, yeah, and so we've been working hard on the box, to be honest with you. It's, it's a formation we really enjoy. I think that the four players or five players that we, you know, that play in the box enjoy it. There's a lot of freedom. They get a lot of touches in the game. When you look at, you analyze the touches they have, and our fullbacks touch the ball actually more than all four of them. But that's because they are the release for everyone. It's just difficult. What do you do with the extra player in the box? And you know, some teams have tried to match us up, and, and that's fine. But you. You know, it's not an easy formation to play either. It took us a long time to learn it, and we go over a lot of still things, and still, there's still little nuances that we're trying to learn on, on it. And, um, you know, I want us to get better inside the box and also be a bit more, you know, maybe we can play a different formation, and we've been working on something different for down the road, you know, uh, in case we need it and we want to use it. But the box is, is a great formation for, for me, for players. Uh, it brings a lot of uh, clever uh, passes of the ball all together, and there's a lot of good linkage, I think, in, in that in that tandem that we have in there. Uh, you know, we don't truly have two sixes either. When you look at McCall and Sammy, and even Sullivan, that play in there sometimes, they can do more than just a regular six. They're not just ball winners. They're ball winners that can build an attack. Uh, you know, they got great. They can switch the point, which obviously is critical in, in when you're playing with a box to be able to get to your transition play on the weak side of the box and then get out to your fullback, uh, which we do a lot of. Um, and you know what? I, I think we, we we have a lot of deep runs from the two tens. You see Crystal going to goal a lot. You see Dabina going to goal a lot. They've, you know, between them, I think they've scored 12 goals, uh, which is more than the forwards because they're really the freedom ones that go through and they're tough to pick up uh, from those deep areas, and they tend to get beyond their back teams, back fours a lot. But you know, everyone's going to try and figure out whatever formation you play. People figure out, so you have to have another plan B. You know, we talk about always having five plans. You know. Uh, when you go into a game, not just one plan. So that's really our goal is to make sure we do have five plans. And I say to any coach, make sure you've got five plans. And then on top of the five plans, you need to have a man up, man down plan and uh, a goal up, a goal down plan on top of the regular five plans. So I think you need to do a lot of thinking before the game so you already have some structure before you go into the game. Uh, and the players know, you know. Our players know when it's a back three, we're going to do this. When it's a back four against us, we're going to do this. Uh, if it's a diamond, we're going to do this. If it's a four-three-three, we're going to play like this. So I think it's important that you know, your team knows exactly if the other team comes up with a different formation that you haven't worked on during the week, that they're pretty comfortable saying, oh, don't worry about it, it's a four-three-three or a four-four-two diamond. This is what we have to do. This is where we're going to pressure. This is how we adjust this. And I think empowering the players to do that is great. And everybody learns from it, including us every day. You know, I want to learn. I want to educate myself and uh, as much as I can. Okay, you you just said the key words: learn and educate. This is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, formerly NSCAA. They've always been about sharing and learning. Have you had coaches uh, either in the United States or overseas or at different levels call you and say, "Paul, how did you get this box thing going?" Yeah, in fact, the uh, uh, Colin Bell, the Irish national team coach, called us. Uh, regarding uh, the box and to talk about the box and um, you know, he was really fascinated he watches Sullivan a lot you know obviously it's one of his players so I mean just for coaches to discuss things like this is great and you know everybody's got their own favourite formation and I think when you have a favourite formation you have to have the players to play it obviously but the other side of it is trying 
find a little bit more nuances inside the formation, you know, and, and how do you play, how does that work against other formations? And, you know, I talk to a lot of coaches uh, at my club back in Long Island, and a lot of college coaches call me and they want to come to sessions and just talk about the blocks. And I think, yeah, I've talked to a lot of MLS guys too, um, assistant coaches, head coaches about it and how it works. And, you know, you know a lot of teams start to play it. And, uh, but we work on it every day. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, I don't think we've figured out everything with it yet and we want to figure it out. And um, It's just something we like and hopefully... You know, when we got Sullivan was really when we turned into the box and when we started to say, I think this would work better for us because we have four players that can play in the middle. And, you know, they're four very, very good players. So why don't we play four in the middle and started to play it. And I've played against the box before and been on the opponent end. And I found it very difficult to deal with the extra player, you know, whether it's a fullback stepping in or a winger, withdrawn winger coming inside to pick up the extra player. And I think it's very difficult for the teams to adjust to the box. All right, Paul, let's have some fun with that. One yeah. more question about this box, and I can ask this because you know every great player out there that is a U.S. citizen. If everybody's healthy, young or old, and you were playing the box for the USA, who are the four players you would put in the box? Hmm. Wow. Well, Crystal's been playing in the 10 for us, so I'd keep Crystal in the 10. I'd put McCall and Sam in the two sixes because they've been playing with Crystal, and they're very, very good. Uh, and then I would add probably Tobin or um, Rose Laval in that other 10. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, but, I mean, there's a lot of good midfielders, but I think that would be, a, you know, it's got creativity, got intelligence, got work rate. Um, so that would, I think that would be my box, yeah. I think if you could if you could do get some of those creative players in that top end, that would be really good, I think. I love that answer. Okay. All right. Now, as I'm we're... I'm biased, though. I'm biased. I picked three of my own players. Well, no, but I, I actually don't think you are biased. I think you're honest, and I, I think that's a real answer, actually. So I appreciate it. And, and thinking about that, Paul, I know you roll your eyes at me when I say the greatest coach ever, but I, I really do believe that. I think you are. Uh, and I even said, you know, and look, I'm friends with Joe Ellis. You're friends with Joe Ellis. But, you know, there's a time when they got to do a new cycle. What would it mean to you to be the coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, Paul Riley? Yeah, I mean, for me now, now I, I help Joe out as much as I can. The most important thing we can do is support her, give her the best players, get the best players as we can, uh, ready for her to, to, to decide who she wants to play on the team for the World Cup and for the Olympics and and that's what I work day in, day out for, you know, to try and uh, develop these players so they can play at the national team level and uh, that she'll be happy with them. But, of course, I mean, anyone would want to coach their national team, uh, England or the U.S., depending on where you come from, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> it'd be nice one day to coach at the national team level. But for now, I just love what I'm doing here in Carolina and uh, got a lot of you know, good players that I want to develop for Jill and for their staff. And, you know, hopefully we can all work together to make our league stronger. Uh, which will make the, I think, ultimately make the, the World Cup team stronger. More with Paul Riley, head coach of the North Carolina Courage of the NWSL, after this message. By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. 
Okay, so final two questions. With that, you've been developing players for a long time, Paul Riley, and just like I was talking about the fact that if people are living under a rock, they don't understand how great this team is, I'm not sure enough people know how many players you have developed since they were just little tiny tots. Talk about how that happened. You came over from England. Next thing you know, you're rolling into this club uh, in Long Island. Tell us the club name and then, you know, Look, you you may say it's bragging. It's not. I mean, then tell us how you found these players that are now playing with the NWSL and and even with the national team because it's worth telling, Paul. I think the, the most important thing is is the environment you give. You know, if you can put it together, really environment the players can embrace and, and love, uh, then it, it's easy. You know, to bring players in. It's not only young the players, seven, eight, and nine. They do a lot of their craft on their own, right? So if they're having fun and they're getting educated on their own, then by the time they're 12 and 13, they need an environment that they can really grow. Uh, and, I, and I think sometimes we don't supply that, you know. And, but I think all the top players need an environment. We supply an environment for everybody, but sometimes we need to supply an environment for the top players as well. And, and that's really what we've done in Long Island with Albert and Fury. We've supplied an environment for the top players uh, to come to one place where they can play and train uh, and be around each other. And when you get top players around each other, the, the environment gets more competitive. The more competitive it gets, the more the players embrace it, the more they get empowered, uh, the better the coaching has to be, uh, the more licensing the coaches have to have. And I think it all plays into evolving players, you know, and producing players that can go on and play at top colleges and then play on the national team. We have nine NWSL players from our club. Um, Name some of those. There's always the question is always why you know why why do they go on and play? I think you got to give them love for the game. I think if they have that, they'll they'll do their own thing on the side. They'll take care of themselves, strength and conditioning, and you know we put GPS units on our young players now, so so we can give them every you know match analysis for them now, uh, where they can get their own clips. And I think it's all evolving the science and technology. The main thing is we use it to improve the player, not just so we can say we have it. You know, and we spend a lot of time in our club back in Long Island and obviously at the pro level here, you know, working with the scientists and making sure that the information can be used and categorized and can help Sam Lewis out or can help, you know, Jazz Spencer out and people like this when they were younger, you know, so they can evolve as players and know what they want, whether it's from a nutritional perspective, sprint perspective, uh, anaerobic, aerobic. Um, so that's really what we do, put programs together that, you know, based on the information we have from the science the information to trying to improve them and then obviously the side of it is the quality of play and the quality of the environment you know we try hard to, to try and get players prepared for college when they go they're at their best and you know not just uh, you know not just to throw in the towel in junior year which a lot of you know a lot of clubs unfortunately let them do you know I'm pretty strict on making sure that when they go out they represent the club and that they're ready to go and ready to play and somebody's invested a lot of money in them when they go out to college I want to make sure that they represent themselves really well and their families and obviously the club okay it's the Albertson Fury, and you can also learn a little bit more about the Paul Riley story. Paul, if you can, because we're about sharing on this show, tell us the website where they can learn about your story and then also where they can learn more about the Albertson Fury. Yeah, I mean, we have two clubs now. We have the DA club, which is FC Fury, um, which is basically the same principles. We've added a football curriculum to it, too. Uh, we opened a football place in Long Island, and obviously... Uh, you know, futsal's become big and you look around the world and the top players they all play futsal so we've added that to our curriculum and you know, they train four days a week Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and I think again one game a week where I believe in four practices to one to one game I'm not a big believer in the three practices to two games which some of the leagues do have 
uh, in the States now. I think it needs to be four to one. And I think that's if we're going to produce players at the highest, highest level, it needs to be four to one ratio, at least a four to one ratio. And, and that's what we've been working on with our club to making sure that we have uh, from the, you know, age 12 onwards and try to keep the younger ones from playing 19 games every weekend, you know, which is important because we tend to play a lot of games and don't do enough training. So I think it's more about the training at those ages than it is about the, about the games. And, and you said, you know, my uh, website's Poor Eye Soccer School. Uh, or they go to Albertson too or on, on North Carolina and people can get in touch with me, you know, through you. <laughs> through you. They get in touch with me. But uh, there's, there's plenty of Poor Eye Soccer School and, uh, you know, and if I can help anyone, I would love to. Final question here, Paul, uh, as you're thinking about all the coaches at every level listening to the show right now. Here you are, you come over from England, you're a big Premier League fan, you come over and you play college soccer here, and you're coaching men. We've talked about this before, but talk about what went on with the light bulb that said, you know what, I'm going to focus, uh, and I know you still spent some time on, on the boys' side as well, but I'm going to focus on developing the best women players in the world. Yeah, it kind of happened strangely, but I was coaching the pro level on the men's, you know, and then uh, just got an opportunity to coach uh, women and uh, coached one year with WPSL um, with the Long Island Fury and that's really where it started you know I was obviously coaching on the youth side on the girls too between boys and girls um, and that's really what started and I felt the one thing about the female players is they're, they're very intelligent you know they're, they're very good tactically and that was good you know really, I really enjoyed that part of it it's a good quality of game when you watch uh, good women's soccer and I think the more people watch the NWSL um and I'm biased in North Carolina, but the more people can watch it, I think the better because there's a lot to learn from it. And when you go on the field level and you see it day in, day out, you're like, wow, it is really good. Speed of play and stuff like that. And I fell in love with it, and that's really why I stayed with it. And this is my ninth year, I think, on, on the women's side in the league between WPS and uh, the NWSL. And I've met a lot of great players and worked with a lot of great players. Been very, very fortunate. And, um, you know, seeing the national team players come through and see young players come through and see old players retire but they've all brought so much quality to the, the locker room and the environment and you know I learn a lot from the players I listen a lot to the players I think it's important you listen to your players and pick up information from them and you know I think they've all got something to add because they're playing they're live they're in the field they, they understand the, the nuances again of, of other formations and other things and I always listen to the players I find it fascinating to listen to them you know and, uh, read books tell everybody to read books I read a lot of books try to read a book a week uh, whether it's on leadership or whether it's on, um, you know, sports people or coaches. And I think that's a really important part that I wish I'd developed a little bit earlier, you know. I didn't really start reading, uh, you know, these type of books till over 40. And I wish I'd done it when I was younger, to be honest with you. So if you're a young coach, get on the books and read. And I think you can help your players out even more by doing it, you know. And that's part of the motivational factor, you know. I love going to work every day and I love motivating people every day and um, I love getting motivated too by them, you know, by what they bring to the to the table. So it works both ways. Brilliant. A lot of great memories and we'll cap it with this to kind of tie it all together. You've won championships, you've won the shield, you've had, you know, great results and you've got hardware and here you go now, 12-3-1. Is this about as much fun as you can have or i got to believe even more good times are coming, but this is pretty special right now what you're in the middle of, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's no question. It's been a great run, and I think the players, the players are really enjoying it. It's been something really special. I never, you know, we never obviously start the season thinking this would ever happen, you know, but it's happening, and 
No, I always tell them just make sure both eyes are on the uh, stepping stones, not one eye on the stepping stone and one eye on the destination. You know, uh, we'll get to the destination when we get there. But the most important thing is both both eyes are on the st- each stepping stone and take each step at a time and enjoy it. Don't try and get to the destination too quick. And that's really what we do every day. And you know, I, I don't even know if they know what the top of the league some of them. You know, or how many points clear <laughs> we are. They just just keep working and doing their thing, and and it's just a pleasure, man. God bless them. You know. No finish line. The junkyard dogs. All the of the great dogs, sayings. Yeah. yeah, I love it. <laughs> Paul Riley. Paul Riley. Paul Riley. Know it. Remember it. The head coach of the North Carolina Courage. The World Cup's going to be over soon, folks. Tune in to the NWSL. Check out this team. If you like good soccer, men or women, you're going to love what Paul Riley's doing with the North Carolina Courage. Paul, as much fun as you can have right here. I mean, I loved it. Thanks for your time. We'll get you back to watching the World Cup. Up and, and building this great team. Really enjoyed it, sir. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Gene. All the best to everybody. Paul Riley, I admit it, mad praise for a man who I think deserves mad respect. Speaking of mad respect, I want to thank all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches, Sean Chevrolet, Ashley Goodrich, Mike Knipper, Lynn Berlin-Manuel, Ian Barker, Jeff Van Dusen, and the list goes on and on. I'm Dean Linky. Hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you in a couple weeks. We come back at you in August, start thinking about college soccer, and we start going weekly with the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Cannot wait for that if you have some ideas some special guests you want us to think about let me know email me at deanclinky at gmail.com we'll try to get them on the united soccer coaches podcast presented by team snap thanks for listening everybody managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job with team snap it doesn't have to they help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication registration scheduling and more bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to teamsnap.com slash united.